And now, a warrior for the Word of God and the Constitution of the United States, a Marine Corps veteran, a Harvard-trained attorney, Bishop of the Call Churches, and founder and president of STAND, staying true to America's national destiny, the voice of the awakening, your host, Bishop E. W. Jackson. And I am he, and I'm back, folks, uh, back from the dinner uh, up in Northern Virginia yesterday. That's why I wasn't on the air live with you, but I hope you enjoyed my in-depth with Michelle Bachman. I'm going to talk to her, talk about her in a moment. But we had a wonderful dinner, folks. It, it was it was tremendous. And I want to thank all of you who showed up. We had many of our uh, AFR listeners who showed up, and many of you came up and got books. We got it opportunity to shake hands and meet and I'm very very grateful very gratified but the event really went well we had over 250 people there which is 25 percent increase over last year and uh, we have everybody who participated and I won't begin to go down the names because it would I'm going to leave somebody out and I'm going to bore you uh, with that but it, it really was a tremendous time I would say, folks, that the, the people we honored, Alveda King, and she could not be there, but she sent in a video and was tremendous. Senator Ted Cruz could not be there. He sent in a video. But Alan West was there. Michelle Bachman was there. Uh, Andrew Womack was there. Uh, flew in from Colorado to be there. And their remarks were just tremendous. We don't have a keynote speaker at these events, we allow the honorees to give the remarks because we feel they have so much to say. It would make, wouldn't make sense to honor these great people and then have someone else come and speak when they themselves are quite capable of saying some very important and powerful things, and they all did. And it was all hopeful for our country. Uh, the warrior, Alan West, made clear, we, we have to be ready to do battle. And of course, he was talking about the spiritual level as well. He might, might have been a little bit of hit, a little bit of hit there beyond that as well, if it comes down to it, because he was making clear there's no surrender, period, under any circumstances. Uh, and he was he was really good. In fact, he sent me a picture of the George Washington Award on his mantle already, and I said, "Well, he's in good company." And uh, of course, Andrew Womack, just really tremendous, just doing so much to bless the body of Christ and to bless this country. And he's, you know, he's just started something called Truth and Liberty, which is a daily program now, uh, which there, it's, is right now it's on Internet television, I think, but it's soon going to be on, on network television, uh, you know, on some of the Christian networks, obviously. And uh, that, that program is going to have an, a powerful, powerful impact because he's going to be specifically... With, with multiple hosts, taking the Word of God and applying it to the issues of the day. Uh, I have to say, though, Michelle Bachman talked about one. The others talked about our circumstances in general, and it was, it was powerful. But Michelle Bachman honed in on one issue, and that is this whole issue of trying to, trying to exploit gender confusion and delusion and she referred to it as a great delusion in our children and how this is happening in the schools. And, I mean, she really hit home on that issue and said it is a threat 
not only to our children, but a threat to the future of our country because it is the spreading of a grand delusion and is trying to teach people to live in, 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 in a mirage, to live in a fantasy world. You'll see this most recent situation where the sorority is suing their, their sorority, the sorority sisters are suing the sorority because they forced upon them the six foot two, 260 pound guy who now gets to use the, 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 the girls' showers and restrooms in the sorority house. And one girl said, and I don't believe they're lying because apparently you can claim transgender status and yet like the gender of the the, the one I, I I guess like the opposite of the of the your natural gender. So in other words, you can you can be a man who says no 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 I'm 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 a woman, but you can still like women. You know they tried that in California jails and what they had ended up having was a bunch of women raped by guys who used that to get into the women's prison. They tried that in Loudoun County public schools, and what they got was a guy who raped two women, claiming that he was a woman, going into the, the girls' restroom and raping two women. Well, the women have attested that this guy watches them while they shower and becomes aroused. I mean, folks, that's tantamount to rape. I mean, it, it's just one step short. It, it's... It's it's exposing oneself. It it it's it, under any other circumstances it would be illegal, and you go to jail for that. You should. And these girls have to endure this, being told by the authorities of the sorority that this is the new order of the day. I mean, this this, this folks, it's enough to make you want to fight. It really is, because it is abuse, pure and simple. It is sexual abuse. And she really hit that issue with a hammer and said, we had better get a hold of this. We better just prepare to stand up and, and put a stop to this because they're going to destroy an entire generation with this stuff. We're already seeing the, 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 the increases in the numbers of, of young people who are claiming that they're homosexual or they're transgender or they're some other kind of sexual deviancy. It's not because that's who they are. It's not because of biology or physiology or, or genetics. Or It's because of the social pressure that is on to make this, this sickness cool. And she also pointed out, you know, this used to be known as mental illness, and it still is. They've just now, they're now calling it uh, sort of, um, they're now calling it a mental advantage, you know, you're, you're here again. You're cool now if if you claim a different gender than the one you were born. That's that you're you're cool. You're on the ends in crowd. And she just really drove a nail in that coffin. I mean, and it was it was it, it was beautiful. She said to me afterwards, she said, I hope I didn't go too far over. I said, look, what you said needed to be said. And it did. It needed to be said. So, uh, folks, we had a wonderful time. Uh, it was just great. And, of course, we won't do this in, again until next year. But I hope you'll put it on your calendar next year as soon as we announce it. Uh, 
I hope you'll have it in mind next year. And as soon as we announce it, get it on your calendar and be sure to be there. If we grow again next year the way we've grown this year, we'll have well over 300 people there next time. And I, I love it. I love seeing growth. I love seeing things move forward rather than backwards. And so this, it was just great. So thank you all for your prayers. Thank you for your donations. Thank all of you who came. Uh, and by the way, Alan West did something that I said, man, I, you know, people do things say, I wish I thought of that. Um, after the dinner, he went over, you know, we have a gallery of forgotten children, uh, and I talked about the fact that this this guy, Jordan Neely, who was accidentally killed um, by Daniel Perry in this encounter in the subway, trying to protect these people from his violence, and he had been violent. He had beaten one woman so bad, he broke her orbital bone, uh, cr crushed her face, injured her head, and she may even be suffering from some brain damage as a result. Uh, he got stopped. But Alan West did a video last night, a podcast, a sort of video to his own followers saying, and yet 333 murdered children and nobody has any protests for them. Because that's the leftist insanity that they're spreading in this country. Back in a moment. This is Viewpoints with Kirby Anderson. You know, until recently, reading articles on Scientific American was an important way for those of us who love science to keep up with research trends. But this isn't the case anymore. Last year at this time, an article in Scientific American argued against banning gender reassignment surgery because it ignores the health benefits to trans people. You know, this month, Scientific American published an essay by a Princeton professor with the provocative title, Here's Why Human Sex is Not Binary. He starts with a statement I think we can accept. Ova don't make a woman, and sperm do not make a man. And that is true, but the rest of the essay strains at trying to make the case for sex being more than male and female. You know, it's hard to imagine two decades ago of an essay like this showing up in a scientific magazine. But I was encouraged to read some of the reactions to this essay that are summarized in an article by Joshua Klein. Colin Wright fumes, This new piece. Arguing that human sex is not binary is so poorly argued, I'm embarrassed on his behalf. I don't even know if it even qualifies as pseudoscience because it's just so supremely confused. Another on Twitter exclaimed, Another load of balderdash published by Unscientific American. Where do they dig up these grifters? Stephen Knight proclaims, This is insane. This article attempts to argue that by using objective biological criteria to differentiate between two human sexes, large gametes or small gametes, we're actually trying to restrict those who count as a full human in society. It's good to see this backlash from scientists who haven't lost their common sense and their scientific integrity. I'm Kirby Anderson, and that's my point of view. For a free copy of Kirby's booklet, A Biblical View on Inflation, go to viewpoints.info slash inflation. That's viewpoints.info slash inflation. Here's Ellis Craft of Reach a Village Ministries. Thank you for listening to our stories and learning about Reach a Village. We need some big gifts to end our campaign on target and to capture these matching funds. Last year, our ministry partners saw over 50 kids on average per day come to the saving faith in Christ Jesus. 
That's over 19,000 children in 2022. In 2023, we've already surpassed that number. It is impossible to overestimate the value and power of children's ministry. Your gift will be doubled today to reach the unreached. $500 will reach 1,000 children. $1,000 would reach 2,000 children. To give, I want you to go to reachavillage.org or call 833-7-REACH-7. Again, that's 833-7-REACH-7. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. So subway protests over the death of Jordan Neely. Tragic, yes, but probably accidental. In fact, I don't think there's any doubt about that. And brought on by his own lawlessness and the threat that he posed to other passengers who, by the way, were of all different ethnicities, all different backgrounds. And the left now wants to make this some side of, once again, some kind of racial cause celeb. And yet, and yet, folks, 333 murdered children, innocent young children, almost all of them are black and not a single protest. Let me just give you the, the, just the last several, just this month. On May 1st, Kingston Campbell murdered at six years old in Lynchburg, Virginia, in his bed playing video games. Bullet comes through the wall of his house and kills him. May 3rd, Antonio Brown murdered six years old in Kansas City, playing outside of his home. May 4th, Saeed Ali, 11 years old, fifth grade, murdered in a 7-Eleven in Donya Beach, Florida, buying ice cream. May 8th, two-year-old, Mackenzie Garcia, standing in the front door of her home, shot down by a drive-by shooter, trying to shoot who knows what and who knows where. And by the way, none of these cases have been solved, and most of them don't get solved. You hear any protests? Where's Black Lives Matter? I mean, where, you know, where, where are they? Because, folks, this is what I'm telling you. This is true about immigration. This, this whole illegal immigration, this onslaught. These leftists don't care about people. They never have. They never will. They care about power. And things like Black Lives Matter, hands up, don't shoot. These are simply political ploys that are used to advance their agenda. They're used to extort. They're used to manipulate. They're used to emotionally control people and convince them that they are victims of some grave injustice and that, therefore, you've got to turn to them and you've got to give them more power so that they can help save you. I mean, it's, it's, it, it is a sad joke. I, I, that's why I said I don't, I don't compromise with that mess at all. Well, some people say, well, you know, the concept. No, no, no. All lives matter. And if all lives matter, obviously, that includes the lives of children, no matter what the complexion of their skin. And if, if, if they really had that attitude, 
then they would be taking all the $100 million that they basically hoodwinked out of people, conned out of people, and putting that to work, helping put more police officers in place, helping to create some kind of economic opportunity in these communities, helping to deal with issues like fatherlessness and homelessness and other things that they, that money could be spent to try to alleviate But no, 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 no. They're busy buying communist mansions or mansions that were once owned by prominent communists. They're busy paying their relatives $100,000 contracts for providing them with security. It's a joke, a tragic joke. They don't care a bit more about the life of Jordan Neely than they care about the life of a gnat. But it's another opportunity to try to make some sort of political points using a racial paradigm to convince people, see, America's a racist place and Daniel Perry's racist. And it, you and I know that had it been a black guy who ended up causing the death of Jordan Neely, it would have been a one day story. I mean, folks, I really I mean, enough of this mess, enough of it. And what about this woman? Ariana Preston in Chicago. She was a police officer, apparently a very good police officer. Her fellow officers have commended her, said she was a very nice person. She had a great career ahead of her. And she's dead. Shot in front of her home. Walking into the house after work, gun down. Beautiful young lady. I don't know how old she is here. I don't see it in front of me, but she's young. She's young. I think she's something like 24. Any protests on that one? She happens to be black. Any protests? Heard anything? Heard heard anybody up in arms about that? Gunned down an innocent human being, an innocent black woman entering into our home. I mean, this is, we can't allow this. Oh, no, no, no. Because, of course, you know, that you don't, you can't, you can't find any racial points you can score. So you just ignore that. Ignore her, ignore her family, ignore the tragedy. Because, again, they simply don't care about people. They don't care about the American people. They don't care about the people in their movement. In, the, in their movement, the, they are what Lenin, uh, or so it was Stalin, he's called just useful idiots. The people who join with them, they're just useful idiots. They're just being used. They don't, they, they don't know it, but they're just being used. Well, folks, we had a wonderful time Tuesday night. Again, thank you all for your prayers. The, the battle goes on, and I'll tell you what, I... I left I left that battle ready to chew nails and spit bullets. I tell you folks, it, it, it's on. It's on. Because the 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 folks, those people we honored and the people who were there, they are loaded for bear. And I know I'm using martial uh imagery here, but obviously I'm not talking about going out and shooting people. You all know that, but the idiots who monitored my program trying to find something they can accuse me of. Uh, They know it too, but they don't care. They just want to hear me say something that they think they can go, you see, you see, this is what E.W. Jackson stands for. We told you he's dangerous. We told you he's a horrible person. 
Well, they're going to say that anyway, but, you know, I, I, I say it so that they, they really got to edit things very carefully to try to, to say that what I'm doing is trying to engender violence and engender people going out and hurting other people. Uh, you all know better. They really know better, but except because they're a bunch of liars, uh, they could care less. Uh, speaking of lying, by the way, uh, some of the stuff that we're hearing, the rhetoric that we're hearing uh, out of this this Biden administration, um, these people saying, are lying and arguing that those of us who don't want all of this radical Marxist nonsense indoctrinating our children in government schools or anywhere else, that we're against teaching black history. We're against teaching about women. We're against about women's history and the, the accomplishments of women in our country. We're against teaching the Holocaust. We're, uh, you know, I listen to this stuff, folks, and you just kind of shake your head because, again, these people are demagogues. They don't care about the country. They don't care. In the same way, they don't care about the people. They don't care about the country. They really don't. They really do not. All they care about is having power over it. And as long as they can live well, I don't think they care how the rest of us live. Do you see any indication that they do? I don't. I mean, look at what did, what did, where did Biden put the emphasis when it came to hiring new federal workers? 87,000 IRS agents. You think that's to make your life better? Oh, we're only going to be tracking down billionaires. You don't even have 87,000 billionaires in America, I don't believe. I'm just guessing I haven't looked it up, but I, I don't even believe you have 87,000 billionaires. They're going after the ordinary American. You and I know that. And it's going to primarily be used because these people corrupt everything and they politicize everything. It would be primarily to go against the people with whom they disagree. The people who they, just like this report that just came out uh, on, on the whole Russian collusion, making clear that the thing was a hoax from the beginning it was it was created by Hillary Clinton by her campaign, and the FBI, and the CIA, and others were only too happy to participate in creating the hoax. I mean, it's obvious now; you can't deny it, although the mainstream media keeps trying to deny it. Same thing is true with with Biden's family. What are they getting all this money from communist China and Ukraine and? I mean, what's that money for? And the mainstream media and the, and, the, and the leftist politicians just dismiss it. Well, they haven't shown anything that Joe Biden did wrong. Who, who, what, did they, they, what did they think, that the Biden family are a bunch of rocket scientists and being paid for their consulting work? Uh, uh, let's face it, folks. I hope I'm wrong about this, and I don't mean to be disparaging of them. But if they're not smarter than he is, uh, they're not earning millions of dollars because of their brilliant insights that the communist Chinese need. They're making millions of dollars because they're basically selling out the country. And they're making promises with a wink and a nod 
that when the time comes, he will be there for them. And you know what? I think he already has been. I think he is now. But again, it, it's, it's just never about the American people. It's never about us. It's only about them. And you know, folks, I, I was thinking about this the other day. That is one of the marks of tyranny. Tyrants don't think about people because they're not interested in serving people. They only think about themselves. They're interested in making people serve them, not in serving people. And that's what we've got with this administration, sadly. We'll be back in a moment to take your calls. It's my turn. Here is your host for My Turn, Don Wildman. Robert E. Lee was a Southern general during the war between the states. Most of us know that from the history books which we have read. But often the history books fail to tell us much about the personal lives of famous people. Years after the war had ended, Robert E. Lee was sitting on his porch one day in his rocking chair. The years had taken their toll on him, and his health was fast failing. While there on the porch, he was approached by two men who came from the Louisiana Lottery. They came to make him a proposition. Their proposition would have made Lee a rich man. He listened carefully as they laid out their plans, but he found it hard to believe what he heard. So... Lee asked the men to repeat their offer again, thinking perhaps he had not understood their offer. Again, they made their pitch. The men didn't want Lee to invest any money. All they wanted was the use of his name for promotional purposes to use in their lottery. And just for the use of his name, they promised to make him rich. Lee stood up, rising slowly. He balanced himself on his crutches. He stood erect, looked the men in the eye, and with the courage and conviction that made him great, he spoke some hot-tempered words. Gentlemen, he said, I lost my home in the war. I lost my fortune in the war. I lost everything I had in the war except my name. My name is not for sale. And if you don't get out of here at once, I will hit you in the head with my crutch. Mm. Anger. We have tended to associate it with wrong. We have forgotten that there is such a thing as righteous indignation. Holy anger. Most folks think that when you get angry, it's the devil which causes you to do so. I would guess that most of the time it is the devil which causes you to get angry. But often anger is the evidence of the love of God in one's heart. The carpenter went into the temple courtyard one day, saw what had happened there, saw how something intended for good had been turned into something evil, and he became very angry because of it. His holy anger, righteous indignation, caused him to turn over the tables of the money changers and then gave him the courage to run some folks out of the temple. What many folks call tolerance, others call cowardice. Often when no anger boils up within us at the sight of wrong, it is simply because we've gotten to the place where we don't care. Wrong wouldn't stand much of a chance in our world if we could muster enough of this holy anger this righteous indignation. 
Too often we've been told that what we should do is rid ourselves of anger. What we need to learn to do is not to rid ourselves of anger, but to harness this God-given emotion, to channel it for good purposes. You see, sometimes the tables need to be turned over. This has been My Turn with Don Wildman, a production of the American Family Association. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now, back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. The number is 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. I can get some of your calls in during this segment. Let me bring up a couple of other issues as the calls are coming in. Eric Adams has decided that he is going to put illegal immigrants in school gyms. That they are going to be allowed to live in the school gyms. And folks, I've said this many times before. You start messing with people's children. And you are touching the third rail. I mean, you are really asking for trouble. And I've seen protests of parents of all backgrounds saying these people have not been vetted. We don't know who they are. And you're going to put them in buildings with our children. Have you lost your mind? But once again, it, it, it proves, doesn't it? They just don't care about us. It's their agenda that matters. And as far as the people that they're supposed to be serving are concerned, the people who voted them into office, the people who pay their salaries, just shut up. You're too stupid to know what, what we're doing. So just be good little subjects. Mind your business. Well, when it affects people's children, you want to get people riled up. Uh, this this kind of stuff is just, it, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. And God forbid, oh my goodness, God forbid anything happens to any of these children. And we know that some of these illegal immigrants, we don't know what the percentage is, but we know from experience, some of these illegal immigrants are rapers, are rapists, they're murderers, they're gang members, they're drug dealers, they're human traffickers. I mean, th th we are bringing some bad people across the border. Yes, I'm saying exactly the same thing that Donald Trump said when they called him a racist. And he wasn't racist when he said it. He was telling the truth. And it's only worse now. Now, you put these people in. And by the way, remember, most of the people crossing the border are young adult males. So it's not like we're putting mothers and children in these places. It just, and basically Adams, it, Eric Adams has basically just said, well, deal with it. Deal with it. It's what we're going to do. Last thing, Elon Musk is being attacked for having said that George Soros wants to erode the very fabric of civilization, that George Soros hates humanity, what Elon Musk said is ex absolutely true. And you know what they're saying about Elon Musk? Oh, he's anti-Semitic. He's anti-Semitic. Let me tell you who's anti-Semitic. 
George Soros. Because George Soros could care less about the Jewish people or Israel. He said as much. Because George Soros was in complicity with Nazis who were gathering up the clothing of Jews that were being sent to the gas chamber. And George Soros, as a teenage boy, was assisting in that process. And when he was asked about it, he was unremorseful and said, well, it had to be somebody. Why not me? This man is a monster. And Elon, Elon Musk could have said some worse things than he said. I've just said some, said them. And it has absolutely nothing to do with being anti-Semitic. The first time I heard that, I was shocked because I didn't know that George Soros was Jewish. But look, I love and support the Jewish people and support Israel. I think that's my biblical duty as a Christian. But I don't have any biblical duty to justify a wicked, twisted, evil destructive man like George Soros. I don't care what his background is. I don't care what ethnicity or what religion he comes from. He's bad. Bad for America. Bad for the world. 888-589-8840 is the number. Let's get some of your calls in. Let's go to Scott in Mississippi. Scott, welcome. Good day, Bishop. Man, I'm a little upset, and I'm going to try to be a man about it, okay? Because I know you are, and you're a great example to a lot of us. Um, I just I, I just can't see where the where the fight is anywhere about the things that the big things that really matter that that one one person going to a ballot box can't do anything about. Um, it seems like with the things that you talk about and that I know about that you don't even talk about every day that make me just my head want to explode that I know God's in control of and God is using for his glory. I just don't see any real people going into being being brought into submission for real uh, with real consequences, and if they're going against the country, I can't even imagine. I pray for you because I I, I was raised as a, to be a patriot. Okay, I never mm-hmm. served in the military. I can't imagine what you or others that served in our served our country and gave you know paid such high prices. And saw others pay such high prices. I can't imagine what how conflicted they must be now thinking about the God versus the country and and where our country has gone with the being led by its own leadership to go there. That just it it, yeah. it is incredible to me to think that we think we have a future based on what we're doing now. We're yeah. our, our our elected representatives are afraid of what's going to happen to them, so they're not representing us. It, look at the Oversight Committee. Yesterday in a hearing with the FBI Deputy Director Graves, they couldn't even, they couldn't even ask him about his, relation, his wife's relationship and the conflict of interest. He's the one putting all the, the, the folks in the, in the jail and keeping them there in solitary confinement, a 1,000 people and trying to get a 1,000 more. They can't ask simple questions, all right. and all they come out with is reports. No, name one person who has paid any kind of penalty in a, in any a, a, a material Scott, way where they've been right. put to where they can't do more damage. All right, Scott, I got it. I got it, and I know you're fired up, and look, and so am I. And I'll tell you something, Scott. Yeah, if you've been at that dinner last night and heard Alan West, you you I, I think you would have heard the same level 
of frustration. He served 22 years, three combat missions uh, in the U.S. Army. And I tell you, I think all of us who have served, but I think every American who loves this country, look, we are incensed. We are incensed. Uh, I, I just believe, Scott, that God is going to turn the situation around. I just believe it with every fiber of my being. Uh, and if I didn't believe that, you're right. You're right. I mean, it would be hopeless. It really would. It really would. Uh, or the only, only other thing, look, is civil war. But I really believe that there is going to be a great awakening, a full-blown great awakening in this nation that will rock this nation to its foundations and, and, and reconstitute it based on the strength that it was given by our founding fathers when they built it on the premise that our rights and liberties come from Almighty God. But believe me, Scott, I hear you. Dick in North Carolina. Dick, welcome. Yes. Hello, Bishop. I was just wondering if the black man that assisted the Marine in the Jordan Neely case, do you reckon he may be charged as an accessory? I, I don't think any, if particularly any black person or any Hispanic person, anybody they can identify who is not white is going to be charged in any way. Because, look, the paradigm has got to be that uh, uh, Daniel Perry is a racist Uh, You know, not that he thinks racist or he's been racist or he said anything racist, but just by virtue of being white, he's racist. Right. He's systemically racist because it's just inherent in who he is. And that's why he killed Jordan Neely. That's that's what they're selling. Let's just hope that the grand jury that is to be convened will see through all of that and realize that this Marine veteran acted reasonably and responsibly. And he acted, frankly, like Marines are trained to act. We're trained to try to protect people who cannot protect themselves. And as as far as I'm concerned, he ought to be lauded as a hero. Uh, A very tragic outcome, of course. But I don't think that that was his intention. I think his intention was simply to protect the innocent people on that train. And he ought to be commended for taking action to do so. And Alvin Bragg, as far as I'm concerned is as a, a zero. He's an enemy of the United States of America and the American people. Back in a moment. What does the American Family Association stand for? AFA aims to evangelize the lost and disciple the believer. AFA aims to strengthen biblical marriages and equip parents to raise godly children. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us. Friendships is offering an exciting opportunity for young adults who want to grow in their walk with God, become physically fit, and learn relief ministry while serving in the Middle East. This is an amazing opportunity to serve God and experience Israel. Check out Seahawks one-year scholarship program at friendships.org or call 337-433-5022. That's 337-433-5022. The next session begins August 19th. 
This is Abraham Hamilton III with AFR, and we're sending Bibles to Asia. Here's Michael with Bible League International. Tears of joy, they're flowing. For weeks now, we've told you of Christians in Asia who are denied God's Word, you know, in many parts of this region, including China, India, Indonesia, and the list goes on. You know, as many as 9 of 10 Christians have no access to the Word of God. That means they can't read God's precious promises like you and I can do every single day. Here's an elderly woman who reacted when she finally received her own Bible. She knelt down and she cried. At the age of 60, she never had a Bible. AFR listeners, you put tears of joy on the faces of 5,000 Bibleist believers in Asia. We want to do it for 16,000 by June 30th. Will you pray about getting involved today, Abraham? $5 sends a Bible. That's only $5 for a Bible. $100 sends 20. $500 sends 100. You can give by calling 800 Yes Word. That's 800 Yes Word. Or visit sendbiblesnow.org. That's sendbiblesnow.org. Let's be real. Retirement is expensive and inflation is making it even harder with the cost of everything going up from pet food to a dozen eggs. Wouldn't it be great if the cost of your health care could go down? Well, MediShare 65 plus is $99 a month for ages 65 to 74. And for many with Medicare parts A and B looking at other options, that's 50% or more saved per month. No gimmicks. It's $99 a month, and you can use any Medicare-approved doctor or facility, and you get 24-7 access to telehealth from the convenience of your home. Better yet, MediShare is a Christian nonprofit organization. It's a community that will pray for you and encourage you. And since we've cut out the middleman, you get to keep the savings. Call now. You can learn more about MediShare 65+. Here's the number, 833-45-BIBLE. That's 833-45-BIBLE, 833-45-BIBLE. Back to The Awakening with Bishop E.W. Jackson on American Family Radio. We're back. The number is 888-589-8840. Let's go to Curtis in Georgia. Curtis, welcome. Hi, uh, Bishop. Uh, I was watching the TV the other day, and they said something about they uh, kicked the veterans out of a hotel so the migrants could stay at the hotel. My question is, uh, did they ever find a place for the veterans? Because veterans fought for all the people. They should have should have been kicked out for the migrants to take the uh, spot. That was my question. You have a good day. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for the call. My understanding is that most of them are being placed in other hotels. They had to be transported for those who didn't have transportation, which, of course, is most of them. They had to be transported to another hotel. Now, the, the, the question is, are they going to be able to do that for every veteran who is displaced? As you know, when people are displaced— very often they end up falling through the cracks. And the question I would have is, why in the world are you displacing veterans in the first place? Why don't you leave them alone? Why do they have to leave the place that has become home for them, at least temporarily? Why do they have to leave there so you can put illegal immigrants there? I mean, so even if they find another place, why should they have to find another place? It's one of those things that just just makes you want to scream in anger because what in the world? But here again, folks, that's my theme, it seems, today. They simply don't care about us. They just don't. 
whatever furthers their agenda and whoever furthers their agenda, that's their priority at the moment. And other than that, discard you like a piece of trash. And frankly, that's the way communists think. Shouldn't be the way Americans think. And certainly not Americans elected by we the people. Thank you for the call, Curtis. Let's go to first-time caller, Billy in Tennessee. Billy, welcome. Hey, Bishop. Uh, let me first say thank you for your service, sir. I'm retired from the Navy after 23 years myself. I appreciate thank you your for yours, service. Billy. Appreciate thank you show. for yours. My, uh, my comment is uh, back in 2010-2011 time frame, I remember Glenn Beck was on Fox News, and he was warning about uh, George Soros back then. Mm. And then it uh, wasn't very long after that, he uh, he ended up coming off of Fox News. And now here recently, Tucker Carlson was talking about uh, Dominion voting machines, which are owned by George Soros. And lo and behold, he ends up coming off the air. Is it related? Is it not related? Is it coincidence? I don't know. But it just seems strange, you know, people start talking about the – George Soros and warning about him, they end up coming off the air. So uh, uh, I'll yeah. hang up and listen to your response. Hey, Billy, thank you so much for the call. And thank you as a first time caller. Glad to have you a part of the program. Look, George Soros believes in punishing his enemies. And he wields such money and such influence and such power. You don't know who he's paying. He's got so many tentacles financially coursing throughout the economy paying nonprofits, investing in businesses, investing in colleges and universities, uh, investing in campaigns. He's got so much money out there that you just don't know. But I've read the book on George Soros, The Man Behind the Curtain, and one of the things it points out is George Soros uses, he's not a philanthropist. He uses his money to advance his own power and influence and agenda. That's not what philanthropists do, who give, give money to others to carry out charitable purposes. George Soros does not do that. He gives money to carry out his own purposes that he thinks advances his agenda. And so would it surprise me? That when somebody starts speaking against George Soros and they're part of the financial world that he can reach, that those people end up disappearing from the air, having their platforms taken away. I don't think that's a coincidence. It doesn't surprise me a bit. That's why I say he's a monster. The man is bad for America. He's bad for the world. And he's leaving his money in such a way as to continue advancing that agenda. May God curse every dollar he's got, and may it dry up and turn to ash in the name of Jesus. Let's go to Rhonda in Mississippi. Rhonda, welcome. Hi. I'd like to get the bishop's opinion of Vivek Ramaswamy. And also, I'd like to make a statement. Why are any veterans displaced to start with? Amen. Amen. Rhonda, thank you for the call and thank you for the question. I've generally stayed away from the the uh, the presidential campaign, but of course I do have opinions about all of them and about a number of things that they've said or done. I've been kind of keeping my powder dry for reasons that I won't even get into. Um, I think that Vivek, first of all, uh, here again, I don't. I have not talked to him, so I don't know him personally. So I can't say that I know this from his own mouth. 
but I know this from other um, uh, people of Indian background that I've talked to, that he is a Hindu. Um, and that informs some of his thinking. I heard him say something that I found really disturbing. Uh, and you can look it up, but he said, you know, we need, we need to get in touch with our animal spirit. And I'm thinking, animal spirit? Well, we're not animals. We don't need to get in touch with our animal spirit. We need to get in touch with the Holy Spirit. But that comes out of a Hindu orientation. That bothers me, folks. That bothers me. Uh, the other thing is this issue of raising the voting age. To me, it's just like uh, Nikki Haley wanting to do a test of competency. And the problem uh, with the test of competency is we have a constitution. And the constitution tells you what the qualifications are for a president. That's it. That's all. Then the American people get to decide, do they think someone is competent to the job or not? So that's a decision that's left to the American people. Who's going to give this test? Who's going to evaluate the test? I mean, that, that to me is just airhead stuff. But this raising the voting age to 25, what difference does it make if you got 25-year-old airheads versus 18-year-old airheads? I mean, what we got to do is, is get a hold of the culture and start teaching our young people a sense of patriotism, reverence for the Constitution of the United States, uh, reverence for the values that made us the greatest nation on earth and a desire to elect leaders who honor those values and want to perpetuate them. Uh, and whether that's 18 or 19, I mean, if you can 18 be sent off to war to give your life, as far as I'm concerned, uh, it doesn't make sense to me to say, but you got to wait seven more years before you have an opportunity to choose who your leadership is. So those are just two quick reflections on that candidate since you asked me, which would tell you, even though I haven't taken a position, he would not be at the top of my list. All right, let's go to Cassie in New York. Cassie, welcome. Yes, thank you, Bishop. I want to thank you so much for speaking the truth, telling it like it is, and it's so good to listen to you whenever I get the opportunity. Thank you, Cassie. Um, I'm very I'm hoping you can help me get the word out on H.R. 79 to contact our representatives. I heard Michelle Bachman speaking with Jan Arkell about how urgent it is for the vote to go the right way to get our representatives to vote to get us out of the World Health Organization, which is corrupt. And Trump took us out. Biden put us back in. And um, in the next pandemic, if we give our sovereignty over to them, we could be like a, a dictatorship, from what I understand, like China, and being told what to do with our health care and everything else. Uh, so yeah. maybe you could, I'm sure you know more Absolutely. about it than I do. But if you well, could please express for people to try to do what they can do, <laughs> vote for H.R. 79. Can I give the phone number that Michelle gave? Please, go, call, you go uh, right ahead, Cassie. With, go for it. With your representative, it's 1-202-224-3121. And I called it myself and my daughter. I've never called before. I have not been politically involved until recently, but I know the Lord's returning. Things are going the wrong way, and I'm quite concerned. <laughs> and praying Cassie. for my grandchildren. Well, so, and so are we uh, all, Cassie. Well, thank, thank you. Yes, Cassie, we're almost at the end of the program, but thank you very much for the call. I would underscore what you just said, 
Michelle Bachman, by the way, was on my program yesterday. It was an in-depth on the World Health Organization, and you are absolutely right. So, folks, we need to put a stop to H. I mean, we need to make sure that HR 79 passes. We need to come out of the World Health Organization and not surrender our sovereignty there to them or anybody else. Let's see if we can get some more calls in here before we have to go. Let's go to Richard in Texas. Richard, welcome. Hello, Bishop. How are you? Bishop, I just Great, want to Bishop. thank you first for the fire of the Lord that is in you and your heart burning for America and for all those that listen. But, uh, Bishop, us as Americans and those, those those ones that feel like maybe that they don't have a stance or have somewhere to a platform or whatever it is, but, but for the everyday American, what, in your words, and if you was going to speak and release to them, what would you say for, hey, were to get involved in politics or, you know, if it's humble yourself and pray, what would you say, though, for the average American? You know, what's their part in this? Okay. Well, Richard, thank you for the call, my friend. And first of all, folks, you've got to be prepared to take a stand. Remember, there's no courage without conflict. And that means when you decide to take a stand, you may have conflict with your neighbors. You may have conflict with your family. And I'm not talking about fighting them physically again, obviously, we know that. But they may not like what you stand for. They may not like what you have to say. Or they may say, well, you know, you never talked about this before, and you ought to stop talking about it now. (laughs) We've got to just have the courage to do it. Uh, And forgive this as a self-serving statement, but we are starting chapters all over the country, Stand Is. And if you're interested in just working on not just one issue, not just the life issue, not just the transgender issue, but on a host of issues affecting our country, we want to be able to deal with them as they come. That's what we do. We are a generalist organization rather than a one issue organization, bringing to Americans together across racial and cultural lines to uphold our Judeo-Christian value system. That means life. That means marriage. That means family. That means limited government, as the Constitution prescribes, and and other issues. That means no drag queen story hours. That means no Satan clubs in schools. So get active with us, folks. Go to standamerica.us, sign up, let us know what you want to do, and we'd be happy to have you be a part. Stand up, step up, speak up, refuse to back up, because we cannot be defeated if we will not quit. Because we are on God's side. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.